Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory.
Praise God. Now we got our brother Larry Demers on the line. Oh, yeah, he's going to give to us what God has been given to him. Brother Larry, you there? I'm here, Brother Alvin. All right. You ready to start, brother? Ready to go. All right, brother. Go ahead. Praise God. Your mic is yours now. Uh, children of God, welcome to the Lord's Hour. This is a very important message from our Father. Our Father wants everyone to know why he is bringing judgment on the world today. Everything in this world is topsy-turvy. As I've said before, everything in heaven is 180 degrees from what happens down here. God is very, very mad at us. And his son is about to execute this judgment that his father has decreed. What we're going to go over tonight is a word that was given to me, most of it in May of 2010. When, when this word was given to me, uh, the Lord was in tears. He said, finally, people are going to know how this world is going to end. And you're going to see how the world is going to end, how the events are going to unfold. Okay, and we're going to give you the reason why this judgment is going to come down today. But first, I'd like to pray to the Lord and His Father. Holy Lord Jesus, Holy Lord Jesus, please let these words be your words. Holy Lord Jesus, your children want to know why you are bringing this judgment. Please, Holy Lord Jesus, reveal this to us. Reveal reveal your innermost secrets to us. Why is this judgment coming down? Holy Father of God, Holy Father of God, our true Father, bring your glory down on your children tonight, Father. Please bring your glory down to let them know this message comes direct from your throne. As you just told me before I came in here, these are your words through your Son and your Holy Spirit. Holy Father, please rain down your glory on us tonight. The first and biggest problem that we have is that we are not in repentance. Never mind sincere repentance, especially the country of the United States is not in repentance. They have thumbed their nose at God. They've taken God out of the court system. They've taken God out of the schools. They've taken God out of everywhere. And what's happened is God is not happy with this. Five years ago, our Holy Father took his hand of protection off of this country. And you've seen what has happened with, from that point to here. We're, uh, we're run by principalities, demons. They're running our Congress. Uh, they're re- running the highest office. They're running our military. And we're going to find this out real soon because when, the, when, when, this, when this California earthquake comes, uh, this government is going to declare martial law, and you're going to find out what's going on in the United States real quick. God knows this. He knows the heart of the people, okay, and he's, 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 just, he's just not happy. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to – my sister, Chu Thomas, has been telling me for quite some time that we are in the days of Noah. We are in the days of Noah. She's been telling me this judgment's been coming because of because of, the, of what happened in Noah. God destroyed the earth then. God is destroying the earth now for the same reason that if we that happened in the days of Noah. Okay, this is not this is not rocket science. God is the same today as he was yesterday, as he was two, three, four, five thousand years ago. He is the same. He does not change. Okay, it is sin, it is grievous sin 
that is causing the separation between God and his people. Now, the first verse I'm going to go, again, True Thomas tells me all the time, we are in the days of Noah, that's what's happening. Only a handful are going to be saved as in the days of Noah. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and we're going to go to verse 36. Okay, verse verse 37 first. For as were the days of Noah, so will it be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, people of God, listen to this again. All right, I'm going to read this verse again. This is so important for us. The Lord and the Holy Spirit both pointed this verse out to me. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay? It is just that way. We just don't pay attention to God. I don't pay attention to God. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. <clears throat> the Son of Man is about to release this West Coast earthquake. Right? It, it, it's, it's a huge, huge earthquake. Now, one of the things is that we, as Ali said before, we don't listen to God. Okay, We truly don't listen to God. Right? And, and God talks to me 24 hours a day, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I don't. And it's hard to understand what they're saying sometimes. Because God is truth, and everything down here on the face of the earth is a lie. It's the devil's world down here. We're all living in this world. That's why God has isolated me from this world. I stay home. I go to the supermarket once or twice a week. That's it. I don't work. I don't do anything. God takes care of me. That's the way God wants it with us. Most people can't do that. They have to go into the world so they're living in a lie. They're living in a dream world. They're living in a world of the devil, which is contrary to what the world of God is. All right. Now, what we're going to do is go into Genesis 6, okay? What happened in the day of Noah is that the flood came and destroyed everything. God was hopping mad. Okay, he did save Noah and his family because Noah was a righteous man. Okay, and and since then our population got built up. All right, this is gonna what we're gonna reveal tonight is gonna shock a lot of people. Okay, shock the living daylights out of them. But as the Lord said, unless we shock the people, they're not gonna go. They're not gonna move. I mean, we had Chris on the other night. No one's uh, contacting him to say the prayer. Uh, it, it's uh, God is not happy. It's, let's just put it this way. All right, now, why did God destroy the world in the days of Noah? And I'm going to tell you before I start reading the scripture, it's the same reason he's going to destroy the world now. Okay? And again, when you get this word, you're going to be shocked to the core of your being. All right. Genesis chapter 6, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw that daughters of men, that, were, that they were 
affair, and they took them wives, all which they chose. All right. The sons of God are fallen angels, demons that God threw out of heaven and threw them into the pit of hell. Okay, that's who the sons of God are. So what happened is these sons of God came down and married human women. Okay, believe me, God wasn't happy with this. All of those that did that have been thrown into the pit of hell, locked up and chained. Right? That's that's how serious God, that's how mad God God got with this. Now, we're going to go on here, okay, that the sons of men saw the daughter, and they took them away. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Let his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. That's the offspring of these fallen angels, demons, and these women. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they were born children to them, the same became mighty men, again, the offspring of, of, of the demons and, and the women, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thought of his heart was only evil continually. That's where we are today. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth. Children of God, this is where we're at now. The next portion of this is going to shock, shock the world, okay? Turn to Psalm, I'm going to give you time to do this. Turn to Psalm 78, verse 49. Right, this, is, this, this was pointed out to me by the Holy Spirit of God, okay? And this, I, when I showed this to Alvy, he was shocked, okay? This, this is straight from the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, now let me set a little bit of background here. The children of Israel, as, uh, as Alvi said, were, were coming out of Egypt, and uh, the, the Lord was showing them the way to the promised land. But they, 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 they said to the Lord, again, I have covered this before. When you say to the Holy Lord Jesus Christ that you're going to do something, he is God Almighty. You better darn well do it. Okay? That's a serious, grievous sin that takes tons of sincere repentance. All right. Alvi went over the scripture where these, these men from Israel said to Moses to bring back to the Lord, we will obey the Lord. Wrong. They did not obey the Lord. How many of those people made it into the promised land. Two, not even Moses himself, because he, he committed a sin of unbelief and disobedience to the Lord. Not even Moses crossed the river, the Jordan, and going into the promised land. How many people in the days of Noah made it through the flood? Eight, eight people. Here's what we're talking about, children of God. All right, here we go. Put your seatbelts on. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, 
and indignation. This is God. God cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. What does this mean? It's the same thing as Genesis 6. These demons started breeding with human women. Why did that happen? Because of the disobedience of the children of God. God sent these evil angels down there. I'm going to read this again. This is one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible. And it's totally unbeknownst to anybody. The Holy Spirit of God showed this to me about eight months ago. He, God cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation, and trouble by sending evil angels among them. Now, why did he do this? Disobedience, not repenting of sin, sexual sin, telling God you're going to do something, and you don't do it. God just got angry and angry at these people. I mean, they even opened up a, 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 in a tent, and then some of them fell into the pit of hell. But only two, two that originally left Egypt made it into the promised land. Okay? Here's where we are now, children of God. The same situation. These demons look like human beings. Alvin has seen them up in, up in the second level of heaven, going through a class. All right, and there, these, these principalities were teaching them how to interact with human beings, okay, so they wouldn't be detected. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ has told me, and my Father has told me, the majority of these human beings down here that you think are human beings are demons that look like human beings. And they, people are marrying them, and they don't even know they're marrying them. Okay, the offspring becomes demons. I'm going to give you something. Lord, should I do this? Go ahead. All right. I told my wife that her brother married a demon. She did. No way. No way. It can't be. Can't be. All right. So I said, that's the way it is. I said, the God is telling me this. Well, they had her children, my brother's children, her brother's children, uh, had, had had children, and, and my wife used to go down and give presents to them and everything. All right, we got a black, black Christmas card. The children were all black, and the family was dressed out in black, gray, black ground, black clothes, and, they, and the whole outline of the Christmas card was black. Now you tell me what that says. This is where we're at today, children of God. This is why God is ending the world. Because we're in the days of Noah. So Thomas tells me that. Matthew, the book of Matthew tells us that. And God is telling me that. And he is so mad he can't see straight. He took his hand of protection off the United States five years ago. The United States is gone. It's finished. No one's going to survive. All right? Now, what I'm going to do is I got a word there's been some additions to this word, but it's essentially the same word that I got in May of 2010. So I'm going to go over this. Again, looking at this, we're in severe disobedience. We don't listen to God. We don't repent. I mean, I don't listen to God. I'm in disobedience. I'm sure I am. I try not to be, but I repent all day long. Before I came in here, I repented. 
All we do is sin. If you repent and sincerely repent, God will forgive your sins. Right? But this is what we're dealing with, a demonic world, the same as in the days of Noah. That's why God destroyed the world then. It says it very plain in Genesis 6. And it says the same thing here. I'm going to read this scripture again. People are saying, this guy's crazy. <laughs> he cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. This is where we're at, children of God. And when my brother comes on tomorrow night, <clears throat> let him talk about this, okay? He knows just as about, about, uh, much about this as I do, okay? We're in a heap of trouble with God. This is why every single person on this planet is going to die. God is so mad he can't see straight. All right, this word is called judgment. If you want to go on my page on, on, on the lordshour.com and print out a copy of this, this, this is real good. Again, there was a joyous celebration in heaven in May of 2010 when they gave me the majority of this word. There's been some additions to it yesterday. The Holy Spirit of God dictated this word to me yesterday. All right. Now, the other night, if you listen two nights, not, uh, last night to Alvi, he was taken in the Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit told me he was taken to the state of Pennsylvania. All right. Whereabouts in the state of Pennsylvania, I don't know. Okay? And he's seen a, a tsunami wave between four and 500 feet. Now, if you're standing there, if you see a tsunami wave between four and 500 feet coming at you in the state of Pennsylvania, all right, the state of Pennsylvania is at least 100 miles away from, from the ocean, it's a long way away. This is a huge wave. Alvi says it's twice the size or bigger than that, that wave that was in the movie 2012. And he's standing there, and he's looking at this wave coming in. And he's going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And the Lord says to him, nobody will survive this. Nobody. Now, in May of 2010, when I got this word, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit told me, you cannot pray for the United States of America. I will not hear those prayers. I will hear prayers for individual, but I will not hear those prayers. This nation is under judgment, severe, severe judgment by God. And we went over the reasons why. Okay, now, let's take this a step further. Jew Thomas has been telling us since I've known her that God told her that we will be raptured before the judgment. Okay, and we, did, we didn't believe it. We didn't believe it. Okay, we just didn't believe it. Okay, now we thought that this California earthquake was a judgment. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Millions of people are going to be killed. This is a sign to the children of God that the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Father have started the process of destroying this world. It's a sign for his children to wake up. Now, I don't know the period of time between that earthquake and that tsunami on the West Coast and the time we go home. I just don't know. The Father's telling me it's a period of time that we're going to have to suffer. 
Okay, I just don't have that figure. If I did, believe me, children of God, I would tell it to you. I don't. God has told me it's a period of time. All right, we thought that this California earthquake was the judgment of God. It is not. It is a sign for his children to wake up and start repenting and saying this prayer. Okay, it, 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 the Lord has told me over and over again, he says here, you're, 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 you're not, you're spinning your wheels down here, you and Alvy, he says. He says, if they don't listen to me, the Lord Jesus Christ, if they don't listen to me, then they're not going to listen to you. He says, I have to bring this judgment to wake my people up. Now, this is how serious this is. This is a sign, and millions of people are going to be killed on this sign. This isn't even the judgment. When you see a 500-foot tsunami wave coming at you in Pennsylvania, that's judgment. Because everything in New Jersey, in New York, Alvy has seen it. Many people have contacted Alvy and me. They've seen New York City underwater. They've seen Boston underwater. This is what is coming. It's soon. How soon? It's going to happen after we're raptured. All right. This is what God is talking about. Listen to me again. I'm going to speak clearly to you. The sign is going to kill millions of people. How mad do you think God is? That's just a sign, not the judgment. He told me to tell Alvi, that God told me to tell Alvi that we're going to be so busy after this California earthquake, we better get all asleep now because we're going to be working 24 hours a day, okay, to get as many people saved as possible. Because that will wake everybody up. I'm telling you, that will wake everybody up. Okay, now, this is the way it's going. This is the what is told to me in May of 2010. This California earthquake will happen. It will be a huge tsunami. Okay, millions of people will die. All right, there will be a period of time, in that time, the USA will declare bankruptcy. What's going to happen right after this California earthquake is our government in the United States is going to declare martial law. The whole world is going to be shocked by this. This is the biggest disaster in the history of the whole world. And it's only a sign. It's not even the judgment. The Lord shocked the living daylights out of me. When Alvi came back, the next day I talked to him, he was shaken to the core of his being. I talked to him on the telephone. I never heard him like that he was shook up he was trembling he could hardly talk and that was many hours after he had seen this that's the judgment that's coming children of god okay so this earthquake will happen in california i'm telling you it's going to happen all right as soon as that happens this country will put troops in the street this is why it's so important that we pray this prayer we pray this hedge of protection and this wall of fire around us, okay? We need to do that, all right? Or did it, after, I don't know what period of time, they're going to start, they have a red list and a blue list down there in the government. And they're going to start grabbing people out of the house. Now, if you're under the protection of God Almighty, if he has his hand of protection on you, you're not going nowhere. Because this is the devil doing this, Okay? So the martial law will be declared, and this country is going to be really in a state of shock. Not, it, the whole economy is going to collapse. 
Earthquakes are going to riddle the, the whole country. A tsunami, a, a, a huge tsunami, not this monster tsunami, is going to hit the, the east coast of the United States. Okay? And people like China and Japan and all these countries that have lent the United States billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, are going to want their money because they're going to say there's no way the United States can recover from this. So what we're going to do is force them, we're going to force them to pay us. So the United States of America, you're going to hear it first right here, will declare bankruptcy. Once the bankruptcy is declared, the Arab nations, the Psalm 83 war is going to start. Okay? This war, all these Arab nations are going to come together in a coalition and they're going to attack the state of Israel, because they're going to say the United States is helpless at this point. They can't intervene. The only thing that's keeping these Arab nations from attacking the United States is the hand of the United States. I mean, attacking Israel is the hand of the United States. They're, they're nervous about that. They don't want the United States siding with Israel. Okay, Alvi has seen this war. He went up into the clouds in the spirit with the Lord, and he's seen all these, all these co Arab countries attacking Israel. All right. Now, what's going to happen for a week, two weeks, I don't know, a, period, a short period of time after this Psalm 83 war starts, we're going to be raptured. Okay. Again, this is close. I don't have a date. This is what I was given in May of 2010, and there was jubilation in heaven after I was given that. Again, the California earthquake, the United States goes into bankruptcy, the Psalm 83 war starts. All right, shortly after the Psalm 83 war starts, we're out of here. We're gone. Okay, there's no dates on this. This is, this is they're telling me the rapture is imminent. All this stuff is imminent. I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't say any more than that. All right, this Psalm 83 war. It's going to turn into World War III, and it will go nuclear. Okay? Alvi has seen nuclear bombs being let off on the east coast of the United States. Children of God, my father has promised me we will not see this. We will not see this nuclear war that World War III is going, is going, to, is going to turn into. We will not see it. Okay? Then what's going to happen, the Antichrist, who everybody knows who that is, right, is go, along with the, the false prophet, which is Tony Blair. And, and this was told to me a long time ago. I said, oh, come on, it can't be. He knows who it is now. When God speaks to me, something like that, I do listen. All right, so they're going to broker the peace in World War III. The Antichrist and the false prophet will broker the peace in World War III. And he's going to be hailed, as we know the story from there, and Israel's going to welcome him with open arms, and in the whole world, he's going to be the greatest person in the world. He's deceiving people now, and he's going to deceive people even more then. Okay? Now, once the, everyone says, you're in the tribulation, you're this, you're not, God Almighty, my Heavenly Father, and His Holy Son, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, have told me over and over again, the tribulation will not start until this peace treaty is signed. It will not start 
till the peace treaty is signed. Once the Great Tribulation starts, it's going to be hell on earth. It's going to be the worst period of time in the history of this world. Okay, now I'm going to read verbatim what, what God dictated to me. On, on this, okay, so and, and then I'll go into some scripture with it. Once this world enters the Great Tribulation, God will expose the lies of the enemy, and the people will see reality for the first time. What that means is, these demons that look like humans are going to turn into demons, right? And people will see them for who they are, okay? It, it, it's... Uh, it's not good, right? If it's not good at all. You'd want to save yourself from this. All the lies of the enemy will be exposed, and people will be revealed for who they really are. Christians will run for their very lives, chased by demons, police, the army, and bounty hunters. Okay. Now, Alvi has seen the Great Tribulation, and he has seen what's leading up to the Great Tribulation after these earthquakes and tsunamis hit. Okay, people are living out of garbage cans, right? Their whole day is, is, is looking for food. That's it. That's what they're doing. They're looking for food to survive. Okay, women are out prostituting themselves for a meal. Okay, and, and, and the people go into gangs. and They, they, they raid your house. Right? It, it, this is before the tribulation, okay, and this is after the tribulation. After the tribulation, the main... The main difference is going to be, after the tribulation starts, is you're going to be able to see these demons for who they really are. Okay, so this is not a good period of time, and it's time for us to get right with God. That means constant, sincere repentance. That means saying this prayer our Father gave to us at least, at least twice a day. Okay. My father has told me this country is an abomination to God, and he is hopping mad. Now his son is just as mad as his father. Believe me, Alvi said this, and I've been telling him this for weeks. The Lord is just as mad as his father. The world is in serious trouble. We have a very angry God about to release his wrath on this world. Do not, this is a, a warning to the people. There's, unfortunately, there's people listening to this broadcast that are going to go into the Great Tribulation. Okay, now, you need to heed this warning. Do not, do not, under any circumstances, take the mark of the beast. It will be a microchip. This microchip is going to be the size of a pinhead, okay? And they're going to put it on your right wrist or your forehead. You're going to be forced to take this mark to live in this society. Otherwise, you're going to be outcast, okay? You're going to be hunted down. And, and, and they're going to give you a choice, either either death by getting your head chopped off or taking this mark. But please, people of God, don't take this mark. All right, with the number 666 on it. It'll be implanted on your right hand or your forehead and will condemn you to an eternity in hell. Now, what you, Thomas, told me, and, it was, and, and the Lord told me this also. The second you take this mark of the beast, your soul and your spirit is sent straight to the pit of hell for all eternity. You can never get out. That's the second you take 
the 666 microchip mark. You are in serious, serious trouble. God has not forsaken these people that are going into this great tribulation. I'm telling you, he has not. They are his children. We're going to go into what you should do in a second once you enter this great tribulation. But I want to overemphasize this again. In order for you to live in this society, just to act, to buy, to sell, to work, uh, to, uh, to do anything, you're going to have to have this mark of the beast. This is why we're telling people now, put away food and water as much as you can. Take your bank account and empty it. If you go up in the rapture, somebody else will be able to use it. Once this this government declares bankruptcy, they're going to seize all the bank accounts, all the IRAs, all your insurance policies. So you're not going to have it anyway. So the the, the key for for you to do right now is to prepare in, in, in repentance, holiness, get food and water, okay, and and. What you want to do is put your trust in the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. That's the key right now. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only single one that can save you. Thank you, children of God, for listening to this message, okay? This message is a serious, serious message. So what I want to do now is go on in in, in the word that God gave me the other night. I'm shook up with this at this point. Okay, because I never thought that this California earthquake was 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 a sign. I thought that was judgment. That this is shaking me to the core of my being. Okay, my father told me people will have a choice: be martyred for his son or take the mark of the beast and spend eternity in the lake of fire in the pit of hell with their father, the devil. So my father has made it plain to me. You will have a choice. They're not going to force you to take this. They'll deceive you into taking it, but they're not going to force you. Upon taking the mark of the beast, your soul will be immediately thrown into the pit of hell for all eternity. My father has told me every living soul on earth will die. The demons will be killed and thrown into the lake of fire. The humans will die from my father's judgment or be killed by the devil and his demons. If those humans who die or do not die for the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, they will be thrown into the pit of hell for all eternity. In other words, if you're not martyred for the Lord, you're going to hell for all eternity. That's just the way it is. Children of God, this is the great tribulation. May God Almighty have mercy on every human soul that enters the great tribulation. It will be a time of suffering like no other in human history. Children of God, if you do stay in the great tribulation, seek the Holy Lord Jesus Christ in prayer and humility and pray the rapture prayer. It will give you the peace and assurance to get martyred for the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. You need the Lord now more than ever. If you go into the tribulation, the Lord is not going to forsake you. You need to be praying constant repentance to him. All right, he will not forsake. He still loves you and wants to save you from eternal damnation in the pit of hell. You need to establish a close personal relationship with the Lord. This is what Alvy was talking about before. He was talking that you have to start 
a personal relationship with the Lord. These radio programs are orchestrated by God, okay? They're, they're not orchestrated by us. So when Alvy is saying something, it, it pertains to what I'm going to be talking about, too. So it, 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 if you don't have a close personal relationship with God, then, then you're, you're going to be in serious trouble if you go into this tribulation. But don't let the devil and his demons fool you, okay? God still loves you if you're going into this tribulation, and he wants to save you. But the only way that you're going to get saved is to be martyred for the Lord. That's it. There's no other way. If you want to continue your life as it is now in the great tribulation, you have to take the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, you're going to be condemned for all eternity. All right, so this is, a, this is a personal decision you're going to have to make. I mean, the things they're going to be doing to you, to, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to get into. All right. Do not. Now, this is something Elvie wanted me to talk to, I'll talk about, okay? Churches, okay? This is, this is, this is big. If you go into the tribulation, do not flock to the churches. As in 9-11, everyone is running to the church. The churches were overcrowded. I repeat, stay out of the churches. This is the great lie of the enemy. He has taken over all of our churches. The Christian church became the church of the devil himself. It is run by demonic principalities and demons, not men of God. Now, I'm going to expound on this because Alvi told me that it's high time the people found out about this. Okay, God had told us for a period of time to stay out of the churches. And it's been drilled into our head that we need to go to church. Okay, many people just say, I have to go to church. It says in the Word of God. Well, what we need is a close personal relationship with the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we found the church on top of a mountain in a tent. And the presence and glory of God came on that place like there was no tomorrow. It was over an hour ride from my house. I'll be go up. We'd go up every Sunday. One day we got attacked by Satan himself in this church. They had committed disobedience. They had an open door. Satan and his demons and principality put a full-scale attack on us as we're sitting in the church. My wife will verify this. As soon as the Lord, the presence of the Lord was as strong as you would have to cut it with a knife. It was so strong. All of a sudden, the presence of the Lord disappeared. I said, what's going on? The next thing I know, Satan and his demons are standing in front of us. The devil's throwing fiery darts at me. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Spirit is conducting my defense. All the angels, a full-scale battle erupted right in that tent in the spiritual realm. Alvi says, let's get out of here. Off we went. So then we had been going to another church. We decided to go back to that church. We got in there. Right as soon as the service started, eight demonic principalities showed up. They were attacking the pastor. They were attacking the parishioners. And Alvi just ran out the door. Okay? He ran out the door. And we followed. That was it for churches. No more. That's it. The Lord said, you guys stay home. On Sunday is my holy day. He said, you don't go to the store. 
You fast if you can on Sunday. I'm fasting on Sundays now. A water fast, okay? All right. He says, you don't do anything. You pray, read the word, you stay home, and you honor me that way. And then the Lord said to me, stay out of the churches. My father said to me today, just today, there is no church of mine on the face of the earth. It is of the devil. It is not my church. God himself said this to me. There are a few bastions of churches, one here, one there. Okay, I'm not condemning all the churches. But you, here's how to tell if you're in a, a church of God. Okay, I'm, not, I'm sure there's a few of them out there. They need to be preaching this end time message, and they need to be preaching it now. They need to be pre- preaching repentance. They need to be able to be preaching holiness. They need to be getting their flock ready for the imminent coming of the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. And they need to be getting their flock ready for this judgment. If they're just quoting just regular scriptures and going through building projects, every church I've been in had a building project. That's of the devil, okay? You have to look at this. This is a personal decision that you have to make. We, since we grew up, it was been pounded in our heads. I come from a Catholic background. You don't go to church, you commit a sin. Okay? Alvy comes from a Catholic background. It's been drilled into our heads for our whole life that you have to go to church. And then the Holy Lord Jesus Christ tells you, I don't want you to go to church. It's not my church. Now, there's a video, and I, I, you want to look up this video on the YouTube. You can write this down, okay? It's, it's my church is so dirty, okay? I'm going to get this video on, uh, the next time I come on and play this for you, okay? It's uh, by a lady from Africa named Claire Ondu. And basically what it is is that the, the, when, you, the, when you see this video, the anointment this video has on it is unbelievable, I'm going to play this the next time that, that I come on. Okay, it's going to shock you. The Lord comes down from heaven, and he, he goes to open the door to his church. And he's, I can't go in. My church is too dirty. It's too dirty. It's, and he's screaming and yelling. And this woman is in a state of shock looking at this. And people are, 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 are praying to him to take him with them. Take him with them. They can't take you. You're too dirty. You're too dirty. This is what I've been trying to tell you, children of God. We're too dirty. We're living in this world. Again, all you got to do is go on YouTube. When you get finished with this, it's a nine-minute video. My Church is Too Dirty by Claire on A-N-D-E-A-U. You listen to that. You watch this video. You're going to be in a state of shock. Okay, that's what we're telling you right now. Stay out of the churches, especially if you're in the Great Tribulation. Okay, because the devil's going to be waiting for you there, and he's going to lead you on a path straight to hell. These pastors have either are all demonic, either demonic principalities, or they're or they've made a deal with the devil. Okay, and I'm telling you, they're going to lead you straight to hell. If your church isn't preaching what you're hearing Brother Alvy preach every single night here, get out of there. It's your soul. Okay? Now, 
Pay your tithes and offerings to Israel. Alvi has a list of them on his website. Don't pay your tithes to these church. Because only the money that goes to the poor are you going to get credit for in heaven. I've said this over and over again. I'll come back next time with scriptures. It's in the book of Malachi, okay? And, 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 and some of the things in there will, will, will shock you. The Lord gets mad, okay, when you don't support the poor. You, we don't need to get him any madder than he is right now. All right. Your only chance to survive the great tribulation and gain eternal salvation is to establish a close personal relationship with the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. As Alvi said, the first step, and again, if you look at my word, uh, peace with God under my name and on, on the website, it tells you how to do that. Okay, Put your faith and trust in the Lord, not flesh and bones. Let me repeat this again. This came from the Holy Spirit of God. Put your faith and trust in the Lord, not flesh and bones the holy lord jesus christ will not let you down humans will he's god he will lead you the holy lord jesus christ will lead you to eternal salvation even if you stay in a great tribulation this will not be an easy path you will walk on in the great tribulation it is your choice to take or not take the mark of the beast 666 it is your choice to be martyred for the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. Only you can make this choice. May God give you the strength and faith to take the high road to eternal salvation through our Holy Savior, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this word is called judgment. It's under, under my name, Larry, on the website. Now, if, if anyone needs any help praying this prayer that God gave us, okay, Please contact Chris. After this, I hope this has woke some people up, okay, because this judgment is here. That's the reason the judgment is coming down. It's the same reason as in the days of Noah. God does not change. We change. Okay, we've become more sinful. All we want to do is is live in this world. God don't want us living in this world. He's isolated me and Alvi totally, totally. So, what he said, he said, if you go in the world, all you're going to do is sin. All right? You've got to go to work. You repent all day long. Like I've told you before, repent soon as you sin. I repent all day. I went to the supermarket today. The Lord says on the way out of the supermarket, start repenting, my son. That's the way it is. And then when I repent, I go through the cleansing and purification. Now, there is... There is one section the Lord wanted me to cover on this prayer. Okay, now this this is an important part. And it, it goes, it, it, this is going to answer a lot of questions to people, okay? They're going to say, I have people calling, oh, what happened to me? You know, my soul in heaven, this and that. And, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask the Holy Spirit. All right. God, the Lord Jesus Christ. If in his, if in, all right, let me read this. Holy Lord Jesus, please intercede for me with my Father in heaven. And if in your eyes, in the Holy Lord Jesus' eyes, it's his decision that the Lord finds you worthy, please ask my Father to put my name in the Lamb's book of life. That's eternal salvation. Now, I'm going to read this. This is so the Lord has laid this on my heart today. 
if in the Lord's eyes you are worthy, he will go to the Father and ask the Father to put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only the Lord could do this. I talked to the Father all day long. I couldn't do this. The Lord had to intervene for my family with my Father. See, he's the only one that can do this. He's the only one that can save us. It's all about the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. My father has told me over and over again, it's about my son. All he talks to me about is his son. His son, his son. The Lord gave his life for us. The Lord Jesus Christ is everything. If we don't have a close personal relationship with him, we're not going to heaven. And how do you start establishing that? We're going to put together a study on the Holy Spirit and how you can get the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is extremely important, okay, because the Holy Spirit leads you to the Lord, and the Lord leads you to the Father. Okay, that, 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 without the Holy Spirit, you're in trouble. I, and if you go through this prayer and you do it faithfully, okay, and you clean yourself up and in the Lord's eyes, you do clean yourself up, but first you've got to start with your heart. You've got to purify your heart. If you look at my cleansing and purification, or the Lord's cleansing and purification, what's, what, what's the first thing there? Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my heart with your precious blood and the holy fire. That's the first thing on the list for cleansing. That's what Alvi said today. The Lord has laid a burden on him about this. So it, it, it's all there in this prayer. Okay, it's all there for the taking. Okay, this judgment is coming down. Okay, we're we're ready to go. We're not far from the Great Tribulation. We're not far from this war in Israel. We're not far from nuclear war. Okay, it's close. It's close. Now, another person emailed me and said, if I have food, I want to save it for myself. Okay, Chris emailed me to this today and put a burden on me for this. If someone comes to your door in this famine or whatever we're going to go through, and Ash had no food, and you have food, you must give that person the food you have. Give them a can of soup. Give them a bottle of water. You have to do this. My father told me this. And Chris said to me, and boy, this rung a bell. He says, if people hoard their food and won't give it to other people, they're going to damn themselves before they even get to, into the rapture. God is not going to look at that kindly. So this is real important. The thing's coming up. If you have food, you have to share it with your neighbor. This is so important to God. Okay? It, it, it's not, you see, it's not about us. It's about the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. You just say to yourself, what would the Lord do? Would the Lord turn that person away or give him the last bit of food he has? You know what the Lord is going to do. My father has told me over and over again, conduct your life like my son. Go into the Gospels. Read how my son conducted his life. This is the way I want you to conduct your life, my son. I said, he was God. I can't. He says, well, then you do the best thing you can. Give me 100% effort. He says, I know you can't do, do what my son did, but he says, you can try. And if someone comes to the door and the Lord opened the door and he had one can of food left, do you think he would give it to him? 
You're darn right he would. So children of God, conduct yourself like the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, like our Father wants us to do. He's the great example. He's the only one that could save us. Now I'm going to go into prayer and I'm going to turn this over to Alex. Holy Lord Jesus, Holy Lord Jesus, please save your children. Please save your children, Holy Lord Jesus. Please save your children. Please save all these children. Please bless your children right now, Lord. Please, in Jesus' name, receive this blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please bless your children. Please save your children, Lord. We know what's coming now. We know the reason why it's coming. We know why you and your father are so mad. Please have mercy on your children, Lord. Please have mercy. May I speak to my father, Lord. Holy Father, Holy Father of God, Holy Father of God, I know your judgment is just, Father. I know it. You've given us your, this, this word to save us, Father. Please, Holy Father, bless your children now. Bless your children that they listen to your son. Bless your children. In, in Jesus' name, Father, bless your children now. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful. Hallelujah. For the opportunity to come here and share the Lord's uh, word and revelation that he's been showing us in regard to the things that will be unfolding soon, the things that are going on and the things that are coming. My brother and sister, hallelujah, he gives us a better, the best understanding anyone can have through his word. This is why studying the word of God is the best. Shalom, sister, healing of the heart. Nice to see you here and everybody else. Amen. Sister, remain shalom. And so glad. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. I hope tonight's word uh, will be an encouragement. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're going home soon. It's over. We're going home soon. That's, that's the word. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And as we go into the word, hallelujah, we'll understand. Praise you, Jesus, because I had a, a great dream which will help me to understand even better. Excuse me. Hallelujah. And so I hope, I'm hoping that as we go into the Word and we, then we go into the revelation, it all comes together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be naming uh, the, this message. The title will be, They Changed the Night into Day. The Light is Short Because of the Darkness. They changed the nine into day, my brother and sister. The nine has been changed. Hallelujah, will be changed. The day will be changed into night for seven years, great tribulation. As Jesus said in Matthew 24, like it never been before, like it will never be again. We're living in the last of the last of the last, my brother and sister. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's so important that we know and we understand what the Word of God is saying to us, specifically for the last day I shared that the Lord confirmed to me that what Joe went through was a revelation of what we will go through or what people will go through in the great tribulation for seven years. Daniel 12 points out that the tribulation it's three and a half years and plus three and a half years, plus a few days or week. My brother and sister, when you put together the timing, hallelujah, it's seven years plus 
a few more days or weeks, my brother insisted, when you put the number together. Amen. The days together. Praise you, Jesus. But it's a seven-year great tribulation. Jacob trouble is seven years, my brother insisted. That's what he will have to work for Rachel. But the enemy uh, switched uh, through, through Laban, the father, switched it on Jacob and gave him Leah first. And so it extended his time. I don't know if God would allow or will switch it. My brothers will allow the enemy to switch it on these people. I don't know. I don't think so. I believe it's seven years and eight because that's what Daniel talks about. My brother and sister. Because if they have to be in the great tribulation for 14 years, okay? Because that, that's as long as Jacob was. And then another six more years he worked for before he left the land. So we're talking about 20 years, my brother and sister. Okay, I really hope people don't have to be here for those 20 years. But it's, I'm putting that up there for you to consider that. Okay, to consider that. But we also know that time is being shortened. It's being made short. It's being made small. So those 20 years could be reduced to, to seven. What the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it around for good. We know that. So we know that if the enemy plan is to keep people for 20 years, as he did with Jacob in Jacob's trouble, then he, you know, if God allows that, but God is showing in the day, so Messiah who went to the cross and died for humanity, he, he has the power and the authority in heaven and earth to do this, to pause time, to forward time, so he can make a seven. Okay? But in reality, what people are going to go through are going to be like, they're going to be 20 years experiencing everything in seven. That's, that's incredible. That is incredible, my brother and sister. Praise you, Yeshua. Amen. So Job says in Job seventeen twelve, they changed the night. They changed the night into day. The light is short because of darkness. This is what they are going to encounter for seven years, my brother and sister. There's going to be a change. Okay? The Bible says there's going to be a change. My brother and sister, praise your Lord. Right now, as, as I got in my dream, and, and I'm going to share two dreams tonight. One is mine and one is... It's from my sister, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share what she told me and what the Lord showed me, comparing the dreams. Uh, everything makes so much sense, my brother and sister. God is in control, and God is the one saying how things uh, will be unfolding quickly. We begin in Genesis one two. The Bible said that the earth was without form and void. Darkness was was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Now, before God ordained, or before God put everything into order, it was, it was without form. And boy, that is the life of a man or a woman without Christ. It is boy, and it is without form. Because the, Jesus needs to be formed in their lives. So a person without Christ is without form and boy. And so that's why darkness can be there fully in that life, my brother and sister. Because it's without Christ. Christ is the light of the world. So in order for that person to be pulled 
in order, God has to begin to work in that person's life, my brother and sister. Amen. So the earth, the earth finds itself in the same situation. And why is man called man? Earthly. So it's the same. God has to put it in order. Genesis 1-4. So God saw that the light, that it was good. So God divided the light from the darkness. My brother and sister. Well, see, his relationship, Jesus said in John 17, okay, that he was with the Father since the beginning in his prayer, John 17. So he is the light. Father already knew that his son was good. In the putting his son into our lives, into this world, into our lives, would tremendously change everything, put everything in order. My brother and sister, hallelujah. So when Jesus said in John 1 that the world was created through him, Father uses his son, my brother and sister, uses the word, which is Jesus. And through the word he make, he puts everything in order. He puts every life in order. This is why when you receive Christ as your personal Savior, you need to come and listen to the word. And we preachers need, need to preach the word, the word of God, because as we are sharing the word of God, people's life are being set straight. They're being put in order by God. It's the word God uses. The word on this earth when it was boy and without form, when it was empty and without form, and put everything in order that we see. My brother insisted. And he does the same thing with every single life that he brings to Christ. Why did the Father bring them to Christ? So they can be put in order. So Christ, when he put his life, his light into someone's life, immediately what is hidden, it began to be shown. Because we who been in darkness, life thinks to be hidden. My brother and sister, the devil loves things to be hidden. But God exposes things. Because when they are exposed, he exposes sin. Because when it's exposed, we we can see it and we can repent it. See, God can see all. God can see the sins that is in our lives. When we come to Jesus, he shows it to us. Then we're like, oh, oh, I can see. Oh, I need to repent now. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Years ago, I asked the Lord if it was anything in my life that, you know, was not pleasing to to him to show me. In one night he showed me idolatry. There's much idolatry in you, my son. Idolatry. When I was little, uh, uh, about six or seven, my mom brought us to a grandmother. She was Catholic. She brought us to the Catholic church. They had idols there. So I guess they were teaching us as a child these things. You don't know how deeply they can be in your heart, how much respect and prayer some people can do to Mary. That's a sin and idolatry, my brother and sister. And so God wanted, the Lord wanted me to repent that. And I did. But one thing Jesus showed me in that revelation, I saw Jesus in the room of my house, in my life, because we are house of the Spirit of God. We are the house of God. We are the temple of his Holy Spirit. And he showed me my insight. Although he had, it was beautiful and adorned, but there was idolatry in the middle. There in my house. And Jesus was walking inside my house and my life. 
and he began to speak to me and tell me, men think that they can remove these things from people's life by being harsh with them. And he says to me that he is the one that removed these things, but he is the one that convicts us of sin, of the things that are not of him. And then we can see it, and then he'll help us through it. It's not that men can do it, but he says he can do it. It's with him that all things are possible, my brother and sister. Seeing Jesus in my life and see how he was working in my life to remove the things that were not pleasing unto him. He says that man was trying to do it. In other words, other, uh, my leaders, my pastor can see I had great respect for idolatry, which is a sin. And they try to rebuke a heart away from me. Instead of being gentle, merciful, and leading me to the Lord in His Word. And so we need to be careful, my brother and sister. We can push people away when they come to us to know about Christ or to hear about Christ if we're too harsh. My brother and sister, we lead them to Christ. This is, this is why Jesus said in His greatest Bible study that with God He told His disciples, Peter, Mark, John, and all of them, all things are possible. You've got to give Him involved in your life. And then all things are possible. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. When you speak about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about Jesus in your life. The Apostle Paul says, for the Lord is the Spirit. So when you say Holy Spirit, you're saying Jesus. I remember a few years ago when the Lord showed me He was the Holy Spirit, and I saw Him in the Spirit. He was laughing. And from right there, He turned into the person of Jesus. He made it so clear to me that he is the Holy Spirit, my brother and sister. But there's one blasphemy about him that he will not allow you to do, my brother and sister. And it's against the Spirit because he's in your life always. He will be with you, John 14, with you always. So be careful, okay? Don't offend him, okay? And you know how we offend the Holy Spirit when we sin? Idolatry. There's many ways to offend the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm sorry to the Lord for offending. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about blaspheming. That's another thing. I'm talking about offending. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, which was given to you unto the day of salvation, the apostle Paul says to the church. Grieving the Holy Spirit is offending the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Say, I'm sorry to the Lord every day. Because you don't, you don't remember what you say or what you heard that grieved the Holy Spirit. My brother and sister, you know what else grieves the Holy Spirit? False teaching. When you sit there on YouTube or on Facebook and you listen to this teacher teaching all kinds of false teaching, you'll notice that at the end of the message, if there's a lot of false teaching in there, you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like reading your Bible anymore. You just grieve the Holy Spirit. When you don't offend Him and He's in your life fully and He is at peace with you, you feel like reading the Bible. You, re you feel like, like hearing about God. Let me hear this message about the Lord. And then you feel so encouraged. But when you sit in front of your television, your computer, and you're listening to false teaching and you grieve the Holy Spirit, then you don't feel Him encourage you to do the things of God anymore. Don't grieve Him. Okay? Because He'll be with us always. He is such a gentleman, my brother and sister. He is gentle with us. He is a comforter. 
in the moment you least think of, he comforts you in a special way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me keep reading his word. Exodus 10.24, 10.21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which, which may be felt tangible. This is the tangible darkness, my brother and sister. This, this is the one that most of humanity don't know about, the tangible one. When demons are walking the earth, my brother and sister, and you can see them. The angel of death was coming that night over the land. The angel of death, my brother and sister, was coming. And it was told to them to put blood on the post of the entrance of their house, at the door entrance of their house. My brother and sister, signifying the blood of Jesus and Calvary. And so when the angel will see the blood, see, demons know authority. They know the power of God. They know the protection of God. When God sets a limit to them, they don't dare. They don't dare. This is why Michael said to Satan, Satan, may the Lord rebuke thee. Okay? You take this with God, Satan. You take this with my boss. You take this with my God. And at that very moment, Satan left them. My brother sister. When the Lord says, Satan, thou shalt not thank the Lord thy God. Satan departed from him. My brother sister, you need to know who your God is. And if God is for you, who can come against you? Stand on the word and the knowledge of his word. Hallelujah. And faith on him. Walk by faith and not by faith. Trusting him to be your shield, to be your stone tower. And every time you walk by faith, you stand on his word and promise, and you claim his promise clearly to the enemy, they walk away. The enemy has no chance against God. He has great chance against you if you're not trusting in God. If you're not seeking God, if you're not repenting, if there's sins in your life you're not confessing, the enemy can attack you easily. A lot of Christians have find that out, and then they're frustrated. and say, brother, why am I being so attacked? You've got to take responsibility for your sin, your action. My brother and sister, that's what that is. He's accusing, accusing you, Revelation Joe, the accuser of the brethren. He's accusing you. He's saying to the Lord, look at what your daughter is saying or doing or watching. And she just went to sleep and did not repent. He did not repent either, Lord. Huh? These are your children. They're not repenting. I want the right to attack them in their sleep. Gossible. My brother and sister. It's so sad and then people get attacked in their sleep. My brother and sister. And then they're mad at God. It was not God that was watching that dirty program that heard the dirty, wicked word. Bad word or evil word. Bad sin or evil sin. Nakedness is evil because it's fornication and adultery. No fornicator or adultery will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because the place for them is hell. That's why. 
the relationship that a fornicator and adultery have is hell. That's what the dwelling of them is. That's what their better house is, a torment. My brother and sister, every fornicating spirit is there. Adultery spirit is there. That's their home. That's where the person goes if they die without repenting. <coughs> Excuse me. My brother and sister. Heaven is where fornicators who are repenting just to go because heaven is the place where righteousness dwells and the people that are in heaven have repented that were on earth one time. They worked with God. They repented sins. They took responsibility. And that's the dwelling of the righteous. So they end up in heaven because that's the place. They have no place in hell. If you take one a person who's repenting, when the person die, have repented fornication, adultery, whatever sin the person has committed, that person in the spirit has like a shield, has the seal of the Holy Spirit, which are sealed with, is fully in the, under the righteousness and blood of Jesus. And there's no place in hell for that person. The demon can come into hell, and the devil try to proclaim that soul. My brother and sister, but there's no place for a righteous saint who's repenting in hell. There's no place. You, you can look all over hell where you can place this person, and you will find no place. Now you go out to heaven, and you'll find plenty of place for that person because it's in a righteous state. My brother and sister. See, that is why hell cannot overcome Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, something, hallelujah, out of this world happened. As he went down to release those that were in hell, hell cannot keep him. Hell cannot hold him back, my brother and sister. There's no way because there was no place in hell for him. There was no power that can hold him back in hell. My brother and sister, he overcame on the cross all the principality. He goes to hell. He overcomes all the power of hell and death. My brother and sister, and none can stop him because he not only was the son of God, the son of man, he is God. Revelation 1 says, Almighty. My brother and sister, hell was created by him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. To him, hell is a thing he created, like he created an apple. My brother and sister, hallelujah. He is God of all, over all. Nothing in hell can stop him. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. You got to know who your Jesus is. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. Yesterday morning, I had a dream. In my dream... I found myself with a group of brothers and sisters evangelizing. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. And as we were evangelizing people on the street, it was a group of us. As I see my brothers and sisters here from the Lord's hour, in my dream, I'm thinking, is this a revival the Lord told us he was going to do? I was trying to understand in the dream why will we why will as a group we were evangelizing because the Lord told us. I saw brothers and sisters from every state here in the Lord Tower, in even country, 
if I was say, because we had different country. And we were all together in one place in the street evangelizing. We were leading people to Christ. We were talking to people to come to the Lord. And we can see some people walking away, but most of the people were listening. My brother and sister. And a lot of were not. And as I see each other doing this, I began to meditate what was happening. But I also knew, my brother and sister, that it was too late. The darkness, as the Lord showed me in that class in heaven, was upon the earth already. And I began to tell my brothers and sisters, we need to live. We need to get out of here quickly because these people are going to turn into beasts, my brothers and sisters. And my brothers and sisters looked at me and said, Brother Elvin, no, look, uh, we still have some time. Let, let's just finish evangelizing these people that are listening. Let's just finish leading them to the Lord. I said, you don't understand. There's no time left. We, and I was like the only one there. Grace be to the Lord, because he's having me preach about this. Remember, I've been saying that for over a week. Time is over. It is over. It is over. It is over, my brother and sister. And darkness, I can see darkness. But it was like the other group could not see the darkness. I said, my brother and sister, look, we need to get out of here. And as I was saying this, I knew 15 minutes, me there, telling brothers and sisters, we need to get out of here. I began to see people turning. The Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago that we enter into the season. Hallelujah. We're in the season where they're going to turn, my brother and sister. And so when I was in that class in heaven, we had to move to the other room because that was, that was close. That, that has to do with us being on the earth, that we need to move into our heavenly places with Christ Jesus to get out of here. We need to move with the Lord into the cloud. The apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians, we'll meet the Lord in the air. We'll meet the Lord in the cloud. And from there we will be always with the Lord. We need to be in the move. We need to be a repentant. The bride is about to be out of this earth. Why? Because there's no time left. That's why darkness is over this earth. And these people are about to change into beasts. I have full awareness of this. And I'm trying to convey this message to my brothers and sisters there. And some was telling me, brother, let's just finish evangelizing those people. Let's just finish talking to these people. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Some other brothers and sisters came close to me. Other one was still wanted to, brother, but come on. We're here to evangelize them. They were trying to convince me, you know, uh, and like we still have more time. Because I have people try to convince me that we, heal, we still have more time. And the Lord was showing me these people that are trying to convince me that we still have more time. But I'm saying to you, time, it's over. Time, it's over. Time, it's over. The bride is out of here, my brother and sister, sooner than soon, than soon, than soon, than soon. I won't even say soon anymore. She's about to remove us out of this earth. Because time is over, my brother and sister. And in that dream, I was telling them, look, darkness is over the earth. And at that very moment, people began to change. I saw a man running towards And as he was running towards he slowed down a bit because he was changing into a werewolf, a beast. My brother and sister, he began to turn into this horrible beast. He was about six feet tall, and he began to be going over seven feet. 
my brother and sister changing. I saw how his arm began to stretch and his nail, his, his nail like a bear began to pull out of his finger. My brother and sister, and he was heading toward, toward us, right where we were, my brother and sister. And you can hear the howling, all the howling. You can hear it just like this, my brother and sister. There was no confusion they were changing because it was so clear. It was so loud everywhere. My brother and sister, they were changing. They were howling loud and loud, my brother and sister. And everyone in the street was changing. People everywhere we looked was changing. And I was telling my brother and sister, now what do you think? And they began to run scared to right where I was, my brother and sister. And I said, let's be out of here. Let's get out of here. Hallelujah. Just as the Lord said, I said to the brothers and sisters, darkness, my brother and sister, darkness is covering this earth. Hallelujah. The Lord said he's taking us out. Hallelujah. He's taking us out. Taking us out. Hallelujah. You're going to blink one of these days. You'll be out. You're going to be out. You'll be taken out one of these days. In the blink of an eye, my brother and sister, that's how quick it is. We in the late, late, late hour, my brother and sister. This is the later hour that it was promised to us that it will be so. Hallelujah. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus more than ever. Hallelujah. The Lord is even saying to his prophet, whoever is not ready will have to stay. It will have to stay. Whoever is ready is going home. My brother and sister, some people wanted the Lord to spend the time. But even the Lord has said to some of his prophets, have revealed that he had asked Father for several times for more time, more time, Father. But every time he asked for more time, he started where I believe it was 15 minutes in the Spirit. And every time he asked for more, when he went down to, to when he asked for 15, hallelujah, the second time he will ask for more will be 10. The third time he will ask for more will be 5. And it will keep be keeping less. This is what we are now. Whatever is left now is in, my brother and sister. Praise you, Lord, because the last time he asked for time, this is it. This is it. It's what we are. The church is going to disappear. My brother and sister, this morning, hallelujah, praise you, Lord. I was going somewhere, and I knew I was going in the spirit. And the Lord wanted to confirm this to me. I saw my brother Milton coming to me. He said, Brother Elvie, I came to meet you on the way. Meet me. And it's like I didn't realize for a minute that Brother Milton is in heaven. My brother and sister, he came to meet me this morning on the way up. I said, like, what is happening? <laughs> we were going out. And he came to meet me on the way up. And I'm but, and then I'm thinking, I'm meditating. Well, Brother Milton is in heaven. He gave me such a gray hog. My brother insisted. And he said to me, you made it. You made it. Praise you, Lord. That was so exciting. My sister told me yesterday morning she had a dream. She went to buy me a gift for Christmas. My brother insisted. And on the way to go buy her my gift, she saw she was in this place. And so Brother Larry, Brother Larry is in heaven. She said, Brother Larry. And when she saw him, she, Brother Larry stood up 
It was for a minute he looked older, like an older person. He was 67 when he went to heaven, I believe, or 69. But he got up, and he was not old anymore. He was young. He got up straight and came to her and gave her a hug. My brother and sister gave her a hug and said, Sister, and gave her a hug. She said she felt so wonderful. Praise the Lord. But she was going to buy a gift for me for Christmas. We were not around anymore. I don't know what that had to do with Christmas. But I heard four years ago this sister said, the Lord told her that they will come when she will have the last Christmas. My brother and sister, that his people, the Lord spoke to her about four years ago, that there will come the time when his people will have the last Christmas, I said to her. Remember the word the Lord gave this sister? I remember the sister's name that she put up this word about four years ago, that the Lord spoke to her. And said to her, my children are going to have the last Christmas on earth. And she thought four years ago it was, will be that year. But the Lord did not tell her the year because no man knows the hour, nor the son of the angel. You see, but it has to do with Christmas. My brother and sister, and sister telling me that she was going by this, this present for Christmas, but it was it. My brother and sister, we were saying goodbye, gone, disappear, in the blink of an eye, at the last trumpet, the Bible said, get ready, get ready, get ready, my brother and sister, because this is closer than what people think. I'm not telling you, hallelujah, the day and hour. Please don't misunderstand. I'm just telling you, my brother and sister, that my dream yesterday morning, as we we're doing like the revival, last preaching. It was so short. It was so soon because of the darkness. Remember me talking about the Lord in the Lord Tower that I knew for years ago of the revelation of the Lord that when the revival will come, it will be short. Because I remember the Lord showing me this about 11, 12 years ago. He showed me the revival. And we were evangelizing. We were going around the earth evangelizing. And then it was short, a few months. And it happened so quickly that I was, I was looking for the brothers and sisters. They were gone. They were raptured. We were gone. We were taken. My brother and sister. And I always wonder. Why did he show me that the revival will be so short? I always thought about this. Why is the revival so short? But the revival of Acts chapter 2 was very short. My brother and sister, after the, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples and all the people on the day of Pentecost, it happened so, so soon, my brother and sister, that... Then Peter preached to all of them, and we know that 3,000 or 4,000, 5,000 came later on. And it was sure, thereby Acts uh, 5, I believe it is, or 4, the persecution began. Five of the great tribulation beginning. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. It just, they, be, they had a short revival, a few months revival, and there was all persecution right after that. Why would it be any different now? 
in the revival that they had, according to Peter in Acts chapter 2, Peter talks about Joel chapter 2, 228. When the sun would turn into darkness and the moon into blood, my brother and sister. So they compare their revival to Joel 228. We compare our revival to Joel 228. Short. They happen short. My brother and sister. Now let's go to Joel 228. Because there's much to say there. My brother and sister. Much to share. Because remember, the, the great tribulation is Jacob's trouble. My brother and sister. I know a lot of people, we talk about the great tribulation. Hallelujah. But God says in, in Joel 2 1, blow ye trumpet in Zion, in south, in alarm, in my holy mountain. Let the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord come. For there is a night at hand, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. This shofar that is blown in Zion. My brother and sister, the rapture begins with the shofar. The rapture begins with the shofar. The change begins with the shofar. See, the shofar, which we call in our translation the trumpet, which is shofar, begins with people changing. But to Israel, I told you many years ago, to Israel the shofar is an alert of what God is doing do it now with them. God takes us out, and God begins to work with Israel. Every, every Bible scribe will tell you that, that the great tribulation is God working with Israel directly. That's why they, they, they're working on the third temple, and they, they're having a tough time putting everything together. But when the great tribulation begins, the supernatural power of God begins to work for Israel. Something that they have not been able to do now, and is to destroy the dome of the rock and begin the construction of the third temple. Because you would have people tell you that the dome of the rock is not the place where the third temple is. But you can go back in history yourself. You don't need to listen to them. You can go back to history in yourself and know that the place of the dome of the rock was the holy of holy, where Solomon and they make the sacrifice in the first temple to God, my brother and sister. And these wicked ones knew this. This is why they had the Dome of the Rock built there, specifically in that place, because they knew that's where was Solomon, uh, my brother and sister, the place of the sacrifice in the first temple of Solomon was. Hallelujah. And it's right there in the history. But they, if they could erase the history, they, they would. So this man of God had a dream about the great tribulation. And he saw when the missile hit the dome of the rock, and it was broken to pieces, unrepairable. But this time, he said, this was in the great tribulation, he saw this. The Palestinian will now fight Israel in regard to the construction of the third temple. This time, the nations agreed that this is a miracle of God. This only can be done by God. This is like Jesus sitting 5,000 people or him walking on water. It has to be by the power of God. Everything in regard to Israel 
everything in regard to God's people in the church has to be by the power of God. The children of Israel were enslaved for 430 years in Egypt until Jesus, our Lord, our Rabbi, our Master, and our God came down and came down to speak to Moses, selected Moses, and said, I have come to set my people free. It's when he decides, it's when God decides. If he doesn't decide, nothing happens. Nothing. Know this by history. Know this by the word of God. It's when God decides when he's going to do a thing, when, a th when everything changes. My brother and sister, thing happens for thousands of years since David all the way to Mary and Joseph until the Lord came over Mary, overshadowed her, and she was pregnant with Jesus, my brother and sister. From that, hallelujah, that moment on was glory in the high. The star of David, the star that led these men to where the baby was, began to appear in the cloud. He is the morning star, our daily sun. He is the star who was in the cloud. He was the baby who was in the womb, and he was the one who overshadowed Mary. My brother and sister, He's almighty God. Nothing happened. Let God decide, I'm going to do this now. It's when he decides. It's when he does it that everything changes. When he descends over the mountain, the Bible said that the mountain smoke. You can see the smoke in the mountain. And, and, and Moses saw the smoke. The mountain trembled. And Moses said, why did the mountain tremble? And it was told because God is in the mountain. My brother and sister, and most of wonder, hallelujah, how is he? Hallelujah. Well, he saw the bush burn, that this bush burn, but it's not consumed. Hallelujah. He was amazed at this wonder. He spent all day long meditating on why is it that this bush burn and it's not consumed. My brother and sister, God was there looking at Moses, and Moses was there looking at God. My brother and sister, and then when God, when Moses decided to approach God, hallelujah, the God said, remove the sandal from thy feet, because the place of thou standest is holy, because God was in that place. Hallelujah, no evil, no wickedness was far away from that place. The place was holy. Hallelujah. And he says to Moses that he saw the affliction of his people that was in Egypt, and that he come down to set them free. He came to set the captive free, Isaiah 61. My brother and sister, John 8, 31, 32, who the Son set free, it is free indeed. Thou will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If the Son set you free, you are free indeed, John 8, 36. My brother and sister, it will he sets us free. And when he comes, the thing changes. He is coming. He told us, no, he is coming. He has said to some of his prophets, my daughter, my son, I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm already descending to get my people. He has said to some of his people, he's already coming in the cloud. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. I was watching a scientific uh, start. They got the telescope looking to the planet, and they see that somehow there's a great shaking up in space. Planets are colliding. Stars are colliding. Like they never seen before, they said on 
on the internet. NASA says, look at this. What's going on? Something strange is happening in space right now that they cannot explain, but they're looking at it. They're recording. Every new stars to come are, are like a great explosion in space, a great shaking right now. NASA can see it through this telescope. As I read online last night in space, something is happening. My brother says, he is coming. He is coming, and everything is beginning to shake. My brother and sister, there are people wondering what is happening. They can feel something happening. They cannot explain it, but something is different now. He is coming. He is coming, and he's going to stand in the cloud. But this time, not everyone will see him, because this time he's coming to take his bride home. At the end of the seven year, he's coming back, and all I will see him, the Bible said. But in this time, it's in the cloud. My brother and sister, like an archangel, he's coming this time. Like an archangel. Hallelujah. When he came to the children of Israel, he, he, is, he is the difference of the work of God. When he appeared to Moses, my brother and sister, I want to show you this difference so, so you can see how people confuse the rapture with the second coming. But there is a difference that I want to show you. There is a difference. Because the one that spoke to Moses, the Bible tells you it was the angel of the Lord. Okay? It was the angel of the Lord that spoke with Moses. My brother and sister, and this is important, I'm going to tell you why. My brother and sister, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Yeshua. What an awesome God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here, Exodus 3.1. Moses, hallelujah, kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the side of the desert. It came to the mountain of God, even unto Horeth. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. My brother and sister, this is a different, hallelujah, this, this is identified as the angel of the Lord. When God had a mission, he will send his angel. In the second coming, my brother and sister, he, in, the second, in, the, in, the, in the coming where I will see him, coming as the angel of the Lord. And that's the difference for that that I want to show you, my brother and sister. We'll get back to Joel, but I want to show you this, how people confuse two things and why God has have made them this way, and it's to show us the difference. That there is a difference in regard to this coming and the second coming. First Thessalonians 4, I want to show you something. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, it says here in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, my brother and sister, and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ arise first, archangel. Like an archangel, my brother and sister, two angels are being pronounced here, archangel and angel of the Lord. 
my brother and sister. Remember that the rank of the angels are revealed through Moses later on. But if we are told that it was the angel of the Lord in Exodus 3, 2, here again we're told, we are told that he comes like an archangel. In his second coming, he's not coming like an angel. It's totally different. Now, you can go now into your Bible and look at the different and his coming, that they're totally different. They ain't coming like an angel, my brother and sister. Praise the Lord. Because in his second coming, we all eyes will see him. He's coming, hallelujah, with all power and with all glory. And a lot of people, when they talk about the coming of the Lord, they talk about it, my brother and sister. They compare it, and they say, they say it's just, no, 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 no. Uh, Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be dark, and the moon shall be not give a light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the power of heaven shall be shaken. Now, hallelujah, then you appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and all the tribes shall mourn, and the earth shall mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming with a cloud, having, hallelujah, with heaven, with great power and great glory. These are totally revelation, totally different revelation of Jesus. When he came to deliver the children of Israel, he came as an angel. When he comes to bring the church home, he comes as an archangel, like an archangel. So like an angelic form, in other words. But when he comes in his glory to, to where all eyes will see him, he comes with all power and all glory. Why did God put it this way? Why, why did he, he put He had his word being written this way for you to follow the teaching. Angel like angel. Angel, my brother and sister, like a messenger. But way powers are deliverer. But when he comes as God, it's totally different. This is to change everything. When he comes with all his glory, everything gets changed. Nothing remains the same anymore, my brother and sister. His glorious coming changes everything. Hallelujah. When he takes the bride like an archangel, when he sounds a trumpet, he takes his bride home. Hallelujah. It will be a sign for Israel. Because when the angel came, and he came and spoke with Moses, and said, Moses, go present yourself over the elder. Go speak to the elder. And said that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent you. Hallelujah. To, and I'm going to deliver the people through you. He went to give them witness. Jesus Christ is the witness for the bride. They have received him as the Lord and Savior. He is our witness of my brother and sister. He takes us home. My brother and sister, in this mission of the righteous departure. And in the second coming, he comes with all glory and all power. Because it's the end. He's studying the earth again, completely new. So a thousand years, reign with Christ is going to start. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. This is happening. This is happening. So as my brother came to me this morning and met me in the air, my brother Milton, so a lot of you know that he passed away, what, a couple of years ago now? Or a year or two ago? My brother and sister is in heaven. And I've seen him in heaven about four times now. I said, Lord, has taken me to show me things. 
And this morning he comes, and I saw him coming. Brother Milton, we gave each other a hug. And he says, I come to meet you halfway, or on the way. And I said, wow. And I didn't realize that was a, a, a group of boss coming up, my brother and sister. And it's like some people I can look on their face and recognize them. Others were coming behind us, but there was a group coming up, coming home. As the Apostle Paul says, meeting with the Lord in the cloud, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. For, hallelujah. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who, who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead of Christ shall rise first. But then we who are alive, and we may should be cut up together. This is what I saw. I saw a great multitude of us, of thousands of, uh, of people. My brother and sister, I'm not going to tell you it was thousands upon thousands because then I'll be exaggerating. I saw thousands of people, my brother and sister, and we were coming up together. Together, that's the word, together. We were together. Some of us were separated by a fee or two from, from each other. But we were like when you see a crowd of people together, okay? Well, of course, we were not keeping social distancing six feet away. No, we were a few or two away because none of us with coronavirus are, are bringing that home anyway. We were, we, were, we were coming home together, my brother and sister. And I know that the Lord did not want to see me for me to see every face. Because I remember when the Lord showed me the rapture one time, not long ago, Jesus, I came home to heaven in the rapture, and I saw Jesus standing in, the sand, uh, in heaven next to the, to, the, to the sea and the sand. He was near the water. When I came to heaven, I was up in a little bit, a few feet away from him. And when I saw him, I said, Lord, where's the rest of my brothers and sisters? And he says, they're coming in now. And so he had this, this notebook in his hand. And he was looking at the list of the people that were coming in. And I saw people coming in. So, I, you know, I went to the Lord to, to see what was in the notebook. And he, he, he allowed me to see it. The name of the people that he had on the list of those that was coming home. My brother and sister. And I was looking at that list. And I was going through the list because I'm looking for people in the specific that I know we're walking together. And I remember that then I, I saw in the, uh, as people was coming in from the earth quickly, my brother and sister, I remember I, I, I saw Sister Amy, her mother, her daughter came in. And I began to see people that I, that I could recognize right away. I was happy. The Lord was very happy to see them come in. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord, for that. And he was just bringing them in. They were just coming in. And in that sand, when, when I came in there, there was only the Lord waiting for people to come in. And then all of a sudden we had hundreds of people just coming in there on the ranch or the pasture. 
from every place on the earth, people that are repenting, truly repenting and seeking the Lord. They were just coming in. And the rapture, my brother and sister, that's why a lot of people believe that the shofar sound, it's gonna, it, the, the, the sound for the shofar, it's going to be, the Jewish people call it a lone sound. Lone, uh, and if I can find it now, I have talked about this here on the Lord's Tower. And what kind of sound of the shofar is going to be sound, my brother and sister, if I can find it quickly, because they, they, they are different sound of the shofar in the Bible. But this long sound, I believe it's in, uh, I will have to look at it in, in Exodus. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. It was a, a gathering sound, a blast. Gathering, it was a loud blast. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, okay? It's in Exodus 19:13, And they show no hand touch it. But he should surely be stoned. This is when God was telling Moses, my brother and sister, in Exodus 19, I told the people, that Exodus 19 uh, is, is describing uh, the rapture in a very specific way. Exodus 19, when you read it, please, uh, read it carefully and pray about it. Because it gives you, my brother and sister, here, uh, Exodus 19.1, On the third month after the children of Israel had gone forth out, out of the land of Egypt, in the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they had departed from Rephaim and had come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched camp in the wilderness, and Israel had come before the mount. Okay? And Moses went up to God. So you know that this, in, this mountain, and, and God, God showed me this in the Spirit. It's incredible. He showed me this mountain in heaven. This, this mountain is in heaven. Okay? Like it was, it's in Israel, too. It's also in heaven. And like these things you read in the Bible are like a mirror of the things that are in heaven. So that's why I, told to, I was told to Moses in the mount to do everything according to what was shown to him. Because everything that was given to Moses was in heaven, and now it was given to us in a particular way from God. So Moses went up to God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thou shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptian, how I have borne you an eagle's wind, and brought you unto myself. Now, if you tell this to an unbeliever, you know, he may say, but that's not what happened. They had to walk. They had to get out of there walking in carriage and all that because they're missing the part. My brother and sister, first of all, this is pointing out how, how we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven like eagle, like an eagle's wings. God is bringing us to heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll rapture. He'll rapture us to heaven. He had done it to me several times. I have experienced this power. I have experienced this in the blink of an eye, being in heaven, my brother and sister. So I can tell you it's powerful. God is telling them, and you see that this is why I tell you, Father is the greatest testimony for you and I. When someone on that day, on the white throne judgment day, will say to God, but God, how do you want us to be holy and righteous and, and, and do all these things when 
we have no, 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 no one to tell us or to show us, God will look you straight to your eyes and say, I show you with my own testimony. And you'll be like, huh? Huh? Well, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptian. You have seen what I did, God says. Because we're his witnesses, remember? We're his witnesses. So the children of Israel saw what God did. God has his own testimony in his word, in history. For anyone to say that it's impossible to serve him and come to him, God's going to give him a speech on that day. Okay? Because he is, he is the testimony. He is the pure testimony. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptian and how I bore you an eagle's wind and brought you unto myself. You had no idea the things God has done for you to be here tonight serving him. You, you probably had no idea that people got had to block away that the devil sent against you. The planning agenda of the enemy to try to murder you on your car or when you took that plane or, or when you took the bow. You had no idea of the plan of the enemy to try to kill you. You had no idea everything God has done for you to be here serving him today. No idea. And one day they'll play the movie of your life in heaven. The Lord did this to me in heaven. He showed me the things he had delivered me since I came to him as a believer. Not even from the beginning, just part of my life. He showed to me from heaven, in heaven, the thing he delivered me from. Oh, you just want to get on your knees and worship him. You just want to worship him. Because you have no idea the thing he delivered you from. You think it's been coincidence or that you're so smart and you have done this and you have avoided these people and you... No. Even if it was, it was bullet coming straight to your brain and someone wanted to kill you, he has stopped those bullets. My brother and sister, you have no idea he, what he's done to deliver you. Praise your Lord. And if you... You have seen what I did unto the Egyptian. Egypt had the greater army on the earth in those days. And it was easy for them to kill these poor slaves. My brother and sister, my father, nobody messed with him. Nobody can stop him. He's almighty. He knows all things. He knew what they were planning in secret. Hallelujah. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptian. And how I bore you an eagle's wind and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, ye will obey my voice and thee, and keep my commandments. Then you should be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. Are you hear this? For all the earth, people say in America practically, it's of the Democrats. No, it's of God. God is in control, my brother and sister. Okay? You are special to him. Peculiar is special. Treasure. Hallelujah. That means that if you have a treasure box full of all kinds of stone, the most beautiful, peculiar, most expensive one, my brother and sister, that's you. 
you are special to Father. And he has chosen you as a special person unto him above all the people. Above, not below. Because people, some people think of themselves they're below. No, you're not. You are above. God has set you above. Your feet are above. In heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Paul says to the Ephesians. You're sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Your feet are above, not below. My brother and sister. Above all the people. For all the earth is mine, he says. Oh, thank you, Father. He is so awesome. Hallelujah. And ye shall, shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Hallelujah. A priest, each and one of us are a priest unto God. In a holy nation. God can place you in a planet husband and wife, and you can fill the planet. That's why he told Adam and Eve in the garden to fulfill the land, my brother and sister. Out of them two, billions of people came. Billions of people and trillions can fill this planet. And God can take you and your husband or you and your wife and set you on a planet a billion times bigger than the earth and tell you, go, be fruitful, and multiply, my children. And trillions of people can come out of you. And you still look 20. You still see all your grand, 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 grandchildren. Kiss them and hug them. My brother and sister, God's plan will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. It has not even come to mind of the understanding of the wise. My brother and sister, wait until you come to heaven. And wait until you can go and visit other planet. It will blow your mind. I requested this of the Lord. I said, Lord, will you take me to heaven and, and allow me to go see other planet? And he did one time. Took me up there. Have one of the elder in heaven, redeems elder, take me up there. This redeemed started taking me to this planet of God. And God is in all of them. My brother and sister. I fainted away. It was too much. It was too much, my brother and sister. Too, too much. Planet four, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. I don't think I have described all the things I've seen on the Lord Jawa. I don't think I can. I don't think my mind and brain can, can describe everything I've seen. But it's the most awesomest things you ever saw. Wait until you get to heaven in your glorified body. And he takes you there. Father can take you. Remember the time Father says to me, get in my hand as an elevator. I saw people climbing into his hand in the third heaven, third level, in a beautiful place. I saw family playing in the park. The water in the park was like as alive, was going up and down. And children was watching this beauty. My brother and sister. This is where you can take the fish out of the water. And they're still alive like nothing can affect them or kill them. My brother and sister. And I saw Father hand, people will climb on it. Family will climb on it. A family of five and four. And he takes them up all the way up and he's showing them. It pleases him to show you more. When you and I are ready, when we are up there, 
Father, it pleases him. We have a peculiar treasure for him that he's chosen us. He's going to take you up there, and you're going to rejoice with him. And you're going to see how fun he is. He rejoices when you rejoice. He rejoices to see you in his joy. My brother and sister, you're going to have a lot of fun in heaven. Verse 7. Moses came and called to the elder of the people and laid before their face all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the word of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud. Hallelujah. And that the people may hear when I speak with thee. Believe thee forever. And Moses told the word to the people of the Lord. So you see that there's no coincidence. There's nothing new under the sun. Jesus comes in the cloud also. We'll meet the Lord in the cloud. But he had described that God, when he came, it was a thick cloud. If you wonder how the cloud is going to be when Jesus comes for his bride, it's going to be a thick cloud where the people from here on no satellite or anything can see us. And if God allows some satellite to pick us up as we're going up with the Lord, might be for a testimony unto them. And although Tesla and NASA satellite in China and Russia and all these countries, even North Korea, they have satellite. They've got to allow all these satellites at the same time to catch thousands of people, change and transform into a glorified body, white, pure, and seeing the Lord and seeing us going up. They've got to allow this beautiful event to be recorded, to be shown to humanity. I'm sure if NASA recorded, they may not want to put it out there because of fear of people uh, going against them. But God may cause us for, it, for the information to be put out there. We don't know. Much is happening that a lot of people expect it not to happen, my brother and sister. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them. Today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Before you can come and meet God, who's in that thick cloud, before we meet the Lord in the air, there is a process that the Lord says to Peter, Be thou holy, because I am holy. There is a process right now in our life of sanctification. As we repent the things in our life that are not of God, that are not pleasing to God, are being removed out of our lives. My brother and sister. This is a sanctification process. Hallelujah. Go to all the people and sanctify them to, today and tomorrow. When do you repent? Today and tomorrow. But only when do I repent? Today and tomorrow. When should I go in prayer? Today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. And the next day come. So when should I be repenting, brother? Today and tomorrow. The next day come if it comes. Today and tomorrow. Keep that up. And he'll make you ready. Shalom, Sister Luna, for going home in the rapture of the pasture. Repent today and tomorrow and do the same every day until he comes. Hallelujah. Be ready again on the third day. For, for the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon, some, upon mountain. He came on the sight of all the people, but not all the world. His people, his bride, 
We'll meet him in the cloud and we'll see him, but the, not the rest of the world. Ye will see me, but the world will see me now, Jesus said before he left. It's because it's in relationship with him. The elect are selected by him will see him face to face. He'll speak with us, but not the world. My brother and sister, not the world. Totally different. The world has to go through seven-year great tribulation. And in those seven years, they must choose who are they going to serve. If they chose to buy sin, they have made their choice. Hallelujah, my brother and sister. This is why, hallelujah, the bicycle has been allowed. Because people need to make their choice. God told the earth, God told us it was the end. That the end of all things, Father said, had come before him. He had decided to bring the end of all things before this humanity. And that they had to make the choice to choose him or choose death. There's no other way, my brother and sister. Choose, choose life or choose dead, God said through Moses. And that you said, abound unto all the people in the round and about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not after the mount, nor touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. This was the goal, my brother and sister. His people could come to the mountain, but the word went around to the rest. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And the rights of the pasture, the Lord's people that the Lord's been working with, they get to be changed and be transformed in the glorified body. The rest of the people, our family, or the people that are not our family, but the rest of the people that are now repenting and not seeking the Lord, they don't get to see nothing else. They only get to see you and I disappear. They don't get to disappear. And they'll be mad at God, but it will be a sign for them that the God promise he makes them come to pass. He makes sure they come to pass. God is faithful. In this rapture, the pasture, that so many have preached against the rapture, so many pastors and leaders have preached against the rapture for so many years, God, the Lord, is going to make sure they know of people that will disappear beside them. Remember Luke 17, Matthew 24, one will be taken and the other one will be left. The one that is going to be left will have a testimony and say, when someone asks, do you see your wife? Do you see your husband? Do you see your daughter? Do you see your mom disappear? And they'll say, yes, I was there. I saw when they disappeared. You, you're saying that it just disappeared? Yeah, it just disappeared. That's it. It was missed to me. I was thinking in one of the beginning of the rapture, mother was shaking her baby, putting it to sleep. When she was not ready to go home, but the baby was, and the Lord took the baby. And the mother was right there. The baby just disappeared in front of her. My baby, my baby, someone has taken my baby, she said. People were running. And then other people were saying the same thing. God's going to take his. I'm sorry for humanity. Those that may listen to this message after we're gone, I am sorry for you. But God took your child, and he's not stealing it from you. It's his. First of all, he gave it to you. Children are a gift of the Lord. If you were able to have a child because God gave you a gift for you to take care, but it was his. It was his. 
And he's going to take his. My brother and sister. That's what that is. He's taking his. Verse 13. And there shall not a band touch the hand touch, I'm sorry. But he should surely be stoned or shot through it. Whether it be a beast or a man, it should not live. And when the trumpet sounded long, here it is. When the trumpet sounded long, they should come out to the mountain. Here is the sign, I told you. This is a long shofar. In the Hebrew Bible, this is what you read. Long shofar. For the rapture, there is a long shofar sound. The rabbi will tell you it's different than any other sound. And it's very difficult. But it's a deep, profound shofar. I wish I had it right here. I had one before, but... Yes, I remove it. It's a deep, long sound shofar that identified the rapture different than anything else. That's the gathering of the saint. This shofar is not the same shofar for the appearing of the Lord. Okay? Because this shofar is gathering. You see? This is why the rapture the cut up in the air is totally different than the second coming because in this coming, he comes like an archangel, first of all. Like he came to Moses as an angel. And then you got the shofar sound that identified the event. Every I did a Bible study. I have it on the archive on the Lord's Hour. Every single event that pertains to the children of Israel, that God did among the children of Israel, has a different shofar sound. When the enemy was approaching the land, the watcher has to sound a shofar specific to, to identify that the enemy was coming. It was totally different than the gathering. That's why the rapture is a special event, because it's a special shofar sound in that event, and that's the gathering of God's people unto the Lord. My brother and sister, and this is a long trumpet sound. My brother and sister, and they shall come to the mountain. That's a rapture. Boom, they come together to be in the Lord in the air. That's why the Apostle Paul says that the archangel is the power, my brother and sister, of that shofar. Because it's a profound sound, profound sound of the shofar in regard to the rapture and long. In a lot of rabbi that the 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 sounds of shofar, they'll tell you. Some people say it's, it's impossible to do, and people have practiced for years to get to that level to sound the shofar that deep, because it, it takes a lot from you from your lung to be able to cause a sound, my brother and sister. And you hear a lot of people on YouTube. Years ago, I used to listen to them trying to to. To do that long shofar sound, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. So what they do, they combine the sound. Someone sounds it one way, another one, and they, and they combine it. But when someone can sound that deep shofar sound that is in relationship to the rapture, there's a brother in line. He's a Messianic Jew, Messianic Jew. So that means he has received the Lord as his personal Savior. He's waiting for the rapture of the pasture. He has a page online. And he, in his patient, he described, I had it one time on the Lord's Tower, because I was talking about him. 
he described the shofar sound and how God had helped him to make this special sound. He has he has a sound recorded online on his webpage, and, and he says it's a deep, profound sound, and it takes a lot of years of practice, my brother and sister, and he's been able to do so. And he said this this is the shofar sound, the deep sound that was here. When, when the rapture happens, in which the Bible said the trumpet sound long, because you have to keep that long, deep sound long, and that's, that's almost impossible for people. A lot of people try, and, and they're not able to because it, just, it takes so much of you to be able to do it, so much practice and so much, my brother and sister. So Moses went down from the mountain unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothing. My brother and sister, notice that? Everything with sanctification has to do with washing. Separation and washing. No contamination. That's why to go home in the rapture, you cannot be vaccinated. Because if you're vaccinated, you are contaminated. So in order for you to be saved, just be saved, Jesus said to me. You have to, the effect of the vaccine has to be removed from you, from your body. And that is another process of the Lord with people. It takes a lot of prayer to get a vaccinated person back, the soul back to the body, and then ready, my brother and sister, confessing and to be saved. The Lord said they can be saved after they take that other vaccine that will remove the effect of the first vaccine out of the body. Here's the thing. When the person gets vaccinated, and you can read this in the Moderna and Pfeiffer side, as the rest of them, it mortifies your DNA. And, and according to what they say and describe, your DNA, the part in the DNA that will cut it off and will attach, attach that other part with other things. They tell you what it is that they attach to it. When you read the long list, my brother and sister. And so that's the problem. As, the, as the, the DNA is being modified, it changes how God created you to be in the image and the likeness of himself, my brother and sister. The way God designed and made you in a certain specific way, which makes every single human being unique. The peculiar is that stone, that special stone, that it can be identified from the rest of the stone, that's you and I. Totally different. Not to be compared. None of us as a stone in the hand of the Lord can be compared, my brother and sister. So that's why your DNA cannot be changed, cannot be modified. And then you go home in the rapture. No, because if that happens, this is why a, a, a vaccinated cannot find a place in the rapture. Like a holy man or woman of God cannot find a place in hell neither. There's no place in hell for a son and daughter of God who is holy and righteous and, blood, and watched for the blood of Jesus. There was no place in hell for Jesus. My brother and sister, there's no place. There's no place for a demon in, he in heaven. Heaven is a holy, righteous, pure place with no contamination and no type of sin at all. You cannot sin not even with your mind in heaven at all. 
So a demon that likes to sin, that lives in sin, that practices sin every day, that demon cannot be taken to heaven because there's no place in heaven for that demon. The only place is hell, my brother and sister. The only place is hell. So a vaccinated cannot be raptured because inside of their person's blood, there's a full contamination. My brother and sister, the DNA has been changed and manipulated. My brother and sister. And it's like driving a Mercedes, but it's a Ford. My brother and sister, some people say. It's going to break down on you most of the time. So it's totally different. It's a mix. Mix. And you can notice that there's no mix in the Bible. There's nothing with God. This is why God said they need to watch. Even the clothing. And you may say, but what did the clothing have in common before God? Because it's identified how God wants you holy, pure, and righteous. That's what that is. My brother and sister. Even, I never preached before about women not cutting their hair, not coloring their hair, and, and things that the Lord likes. The Lord wants his daughters to let their hair grow, not to be coloring their hair. And it's between you and God, for sure, in your relationship with him. But he'll let you know. If you ask him, he'll say, my daughter, don't color your hair. Don't cut your hair. Because in this life, we live to please him, my brother and sister. In this life, we live for him. We don't live for men or ourselves. We live for him, my brother and sister. So our life has to be according to his will. His will, not our own. I know we have men obligating people, oh, you cannot be a minister, you cannot be in my church, like you do this, you do that. No, it's not under mandate of men. and under leading of the Lord, telling you, I don't like this. And I remember sharing this, and one of the sisters was asking me, Brother Elby, uh, so should I not color my head anymore? Sister, I cannot tell you to do it, because... If I tell her not to do it as a mandate, I'm telling you, don't color your hair. Why don't you ask the Lord? And I don't know how many weeks or months have passed after I said this to the sister. She was in front of a mirror in her house, she said, in her bedroom. She was combing her hair, sitting on her bed, looking at the mirror. And the Lord says to her, my daughter, listen to my son, Elvie. Don't color your hair. Don't color. I like your hair natural, the Lord says to her. Something like that. As I have said to her, that it will be the Lord, not me, the Lord. And she was surprised. It was the first time she heard the Lord say that to her. My brother and sister. Because it's the Lord that will lead us. He will guide you towards truth. And said, your pastor, your leader will guide you to a truth. He will guide you to a truth, Jesus said. He's the one leading us, guiding us, teaching us, revealing to us the things that are pleasing unto him. So God tells, says to Moses, my brother and sister, Moses went down from the mountain to the people, sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. You know? 
sanctifying means repenting, and then also washing their clothes. So you have the internal or spiritual life before him, and you have the external our clothing. What you should wear is important. Some people think they can wear anything and go out. No, because you serve the Lord, remember? You serve God, remember? So if God, if God who is in you, quicken you, and say, my daughter, don't dress with those pants so tight. My son, don't put on that shirt that will show your muscle, which is also a temptation to woman. You know? If you get that in your spirit from the Lord telling you this, you may not heal him, but he'll quicken you to your spirit. No. You don't need to say the word, because once you have the knowledge, when he quickens in your spirit, the knowledge comes to mind. He brings that knowledge to your mind. My daughter, don't dress this way. My son, don't dress this way. You go, you go into a meeting, and you want to dress to impress, some people say. In order to sign, he, he's letting you know, no, you will be a temptation. You will be a tool of temptation. I don't want you to do that. You serve me, the Lord will say. And that's the little boys. That's the Lord reminding you and I. We serve him. We dress for him. We live for him. So he says, tell them to wash their clothes. Remember, they were going to the wilderness, all kinds of dust hitting their clothing. They were dirty. Tell them to wash their clothes. My brother and sister, it's what he wants. And he said unto the people, be ready again from the third day. Come not at your wife, wives. Separate now from your wife before you come to the Lord. My brother and sister, Paul says to the churches that when they're going to fast, come in agreement before they come into fasting in Corinthians. That's a separation unto the Lord when you're going to fast. Greet with your wife or greet with your husband before you do so. Another day, God's leading you to fast. Let them know. Because you're sanctifying yourself unto the Lord. Have that day you offer unto the Lord be separated. As we are separated, you separate the day, you be separated unto him. Okay? Come not at your wife. Don't be together with your wife that night. Okay? That can wait for another night. But this night, this day is for God. That, that's what holiness is. That's what sanctification is. Separation. And they came to fast on the third day in the morning. There was thunder, lightning, thick cloud upon the mountain. And the voice, the voice of the trumpet is seemingly loud. And this is another sign of the trumpet. The shofar for the rapture is loud. People may wonder, is, is it, a, is it a, a sweet sound, low sound? Can you barely hear it? No, it's loud. It's going to be a loud sound. My brother and sister, archangels are very loud. I, I learned that in heaven. Very loud. 
the voice of an archangel, like an archangel, the sound that you're fighting will be very loud, like a 5,000-watt speaker. Okay? The voice of a trumpet is sitting loud. So all the people who were in the camp tremble. Don't be surprised when the trumpet sound, you begin to tremble. Your feet begin to tremble. You're like, what? This is the end of the world. No, is it the chafari for you to come home? It happened, it happened quickly, though, in the blink of an eye. But it's a loud sound, though. Praise the Lord. Verse 17. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood neither apart of the mount. So the whole meeting is to meet God, to meet with God. So when the Lord comes, we're going to meet the Lord in the air. This is what this Shafar is. This is why we need to be separated for him, for the Lord, my brother and sister. In my dream this morning, I knew that each and one of us coming up was separated. And I see my brother Milton coming out of heaven to meet me on the way. It was strange to me. For a second, it was like I was thinking, why, where am I going with this group of people? It's like we were heading up. We were all in our opposition going up. We were like in the cloud. Everybody else from New York could see us, but we were in the cloud going up, and my brother Milton is coming from heaven to meet me. And when I see him, Brother Milton, we give each other a hug. And he says, I came to meet you on the way. You made it. You made it, he says to me. And at that moment, he says, you made it. Everything lit up on me. That's what I understand. He says, you made it. That gave me, oh, such a joy right away. It's like the joy of the Lord at that moment. You made it. Praise the Lord. That's what's important, that we made, we're making this is why every day, as I say, the Lord coming, we keep repenting, keep seeking the Lord. We, sh we keep being separated for him. We keep looking to please the Lord. You know, some people have said, I have people I have not seen for weeks here on the Lord Tower. And, and when they write to me and say, oh, I haven't seen you on the Lord Tower, I would say, oh, brother, I've been fasting. I've been praying with the family. So I had really no time to listen. You know, we love to listen to your program, but we've been busy. Okay, that's, that's awesome. If you've been seeking the Lord, yes, that's fine. If you're not able to listen, but if you have not been seeking the Lord, you want to come to be encouraged. Because that's the only reason why the Lord have, have me here, and is to encourage you and encourage myself also my brother and sister, for that great day. When the Lord came to me to start this program in 2012, he said to get his people ready to come home, my brother and sister, and show me a people that he will bring afterward that will be with us to be going home. So I knew that everyone that will come to the Lord's Tower to listen, to hear, and to be, to be in ready, the Lord's getting them ready, so I will get them ready. To bring them home. And that's that's the whole focus of this program. It is for people to get ready to come home to heaven in the rapture, the pasture. They will meet in the Lord's Tower Park in heaven. We'll give each other a hug. You can visit me whenever you come. 
make sure you bring a piece of pie or something. Just kidding. But we'll, we'll spend time together, okay? We'll definitely spend time. Even We may even go fishing in heaven. We'll go horse bike, uh, riding up there. Um, I don't know. We'll go to the park together. We'll do different things up there, my brother and sister. We'll go eat that tree that the fruit looks like a mango that I told you about. That is billions of years from heaven, but we can get there in a few seconds. My brother and sister, a few minutes. We'll, we'll go there together and enjoy enjoy those fruit. We'll have so much to do. We'll go see other planet and galaxy. It'll be exciting. We'll have much to do, my brother and sister. But one thing important that I keep thinking is that we want to keep learning about God. Okay? There's a Bible study going on up there, but very profound and powerful Bible study. The Lord allowed me to go to one of them, one of the meetings, where there was angels and, and we being was sharing about God, and the power in the place will knock you down. Okay? I was there. Believe me, I want to go back there. I wanted to go to those places where you learn about God. I wanted to go to Jesus' Bible study where he's teaching about, about uh, his plan for his children in the millennium and eternity and every day of tales that comes, what he has for us in store. Okay? My brother, you'll see me there very quiet, just listening, just listening to his teaching. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, amen. Amen. Even if you get COVID, don't get vaccinated. That's for sure. We'll keep on in prayer, but don't don't get vaccinated. Forget about that vaccine. That's not for us. That's not for the believer. Although many believers have already taken it, but it's not for us. God has greater plan. We are healed by his stripe. And if he decides to take us home, it's because it's our time. My brother and sister, but believe his word that nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No death, no life, nothing can separate us. So this coronavirus okay, cannot separate us at all, okay, from the love of God, from what God has for us. So don't worry about it. Don't be vaccinated. Stay holy, which is separated for the Lord, even which is also being separated from the Bicene. That's also being holy, because you're separated. That's of the world. We're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, Jesus said. So we stay away from those things. Cannot be contaminated. Now, let's go back to Joe 2. Hallelujah. Blow you the trumpet in time. I such a part. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Lay all the inhibitant of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord come, how is it night? So when Moses comes, the shofar is sound, they tremble. Here, here it is, the confirmation. They tremble. We're going to tremble too. And that shofar, loud shofar is sound for the rapture. My brother and sister, let the inhibiting of the land tremble. Okay? My brother and sister. And hallelujah. And a day of darkness and gloomness, a day of cloud and thick darkness, as the morning spread out upon the mountain, a great people and strong, they have not been ever, ever the like. Neither should be any more after it, even in the years of many generations. See, when God chosen the people, not only did he put his spirit in them, 
but his spirit also means his power. The power that you and I have, which is the Holy Spirit, is the most powerful weapon anybody can have. There's not a weapon on this earth anywhere that can overcome the power of the Holy Spirit, my brother and sister. This is why whatever they plan against us, no weapon form, and there are many weapons, believe me, there are billions of weapons formed up there, and no weapon form against us will prosper. They cannot, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So they had no chance, no chance, if you stay committed to the Lord, repenting every day. They have no chance, absolutely none. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. A fire, verse 3, devour before them. Behind them a flame burn. The land is the garden of Eden before them. And behind them a desolated wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. I told you years ago that this earth is Eden. It's like the garden of Adam and Eve to these demons that are coming out of hell and are getting a body now, a free body they're getting, my brother and sister now. And this is Eden for them, like the garden of Eden, okay? And behind them, a wild, a desolated wilderness, yay, nothing to escape them, my brother and sister. They want it all. They don't just want your soul, or they, they don't just want your body. They want your finance. They want your home. They want your car. They want the land. They want everything, my brother and sister. It is terrible how wicked and evil they are. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and a horseman shall they, as horses shall they run. My brother and sister, this is how I saw these locusts in hell. They look as horsemen. And Revelation describes them like a horseman. Evil spirit, evil demon. Imagine them occupying people's body. Imagine when the church leave and the great tribulation begin and these people begin to transform. Some of them looks like they're going to transform like they, like horses. This is another demon, another creature now. We find in the Bible the appearance of horses and horsemen, so they, sh so, so they run. Some people will turn like horses, my brother and sister, in that day that is coming. And we have entered into the season. Like the noise of chariots and the top of mountains, so they leap. Like the noise of flame of fire, the devour the stumble. As a strong people say, in battle array. It's terrible. Before their face, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness, nuclear weapons. They cry nuclear weapon coming in the days ahead. But not for the bride. Because when the chapter begins, the trumpet sound. And when that trumpet sound, people disappear. The elect, the selected one disappear. So see that the church doesn't get to see none of this stuff. God is revealing it to us so we can share it with the people because the people are not going to get to see it. They're going home at the sound of the shofar, the lone blast of the shofar. But people don't hear or stay behind their faces. The Bible says the people should be much pain. 
All faces should gather in blackness, nuclear weapon, chemical weapon, biological, all kinds of weapon, being set on fire on this earth, my brother and sister. Do we see the sign of the beginning of this, my brother and sister, nuclear weapon? Don't we hear on the news China and the United States already arguing? Don't we hear on the news Russia and the United States? <coughs> Excuse me. The signs are clear, my brother and sister. God is showing us. This is it, my brother and sister. Russia is getting ready. The United States is getting ready. It's sending ships and carriers and nuclear stuff all over the Pacific. China is sending all kinds of stuff and nuclear and carrier all over the Pacific. Russia is doing the same. My brother and sister, they're getting ready to bomb each other, blow up themselves, blow up their land against one another. Do you think God's children could stay behind and see all this mess coming? No. No. My brother and sister, the Bible talks about this day. This is what I'm reading you. And this is how the Bible describes the day when this happened. My brother and sister, it's not beautiful. Their faces, people will be in much pain. All faces should gather in blackness. That's the pollution in the air. After all, thousands of nuclear weapons, as the Lord showed me from heaven, Begin to come from, from, from Russia here, from here to Russia, from, from China here, from here to China. And, and, you know, my brother and sister, the air in China will be polluted. The air in Russia will be polluted. Over here will be so much polluted, too. And in Europe, NATO is getting ready also to fight China, to fight uh, Russia. And Russia is getting them ready, too. They got their missile pointing to them. And they got a point into the United States. Iran is joining them. North Korea is joining them. India now has joined Russia. They're all joining each other. They want to know who's going to be there for each other. My brother and sister, they're getting ready. They're getting their missile ready, their carrier, their submarine, their plane, their satellite. They're getting ready for something big. The question is, who's going to press a big red button first? My brother and sister. Who's going to order first? Some say, and as a strategy, whoever launches first get the advantage. My brother and sister. So none of them want anybody to have the advantage. So some are willing to press it first. But since God is in control, and not a leaf can fall from a tree without his consent. No one can press them to follow and say, okay. But in the moment God said, all right, I'm going to allow them to do so. All right, bring my children home. Well, this is the hour. My brother and sister, the Lord showed me now in the Spirit three times how darkness is taking over this earth. And he says he needs to get us out of here. My brother and sister. But as darkness taking this over, the, in other words, the evil that was never here, only in the times of Noah, now is it being allowed. They want to go to those people. Press the button. Press the button. They think they're smart to get this started first. No. 
It's when God says so. Father is in control. But this is the time. That's it. This is it. No more time left, my brother and sister. Verse 7. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They, w- they shall march everyone of his way, and they shall not break their, their rank. China has annoyed me this way. One of the concerning things about China, and I was showing someone online, is that there are special armies they're building. They're building an army made of special soldiers. These soldiers are, their DNA mixed, super soldier, yes, mixed with different, different animal in them, and plus also machine, robots part. And they, how they test these men, they have them run and they shoot at them several times and see how many bullets they can take, and they'll still complete their mission. They cross to complete their mission, even though what they're being shot at, even with missile, and nothing can stop them. China already have made over one million of them. And the United States and this country that are aware want them to stop, because these are wicked, evil soldiers, and nothing can stop them. So whoever goes against China better use nuclear because these soldiers could never be stopped, not even by bullets, my brother and sister. They have taken ahead of everybody. They want to make their future secure because no, nothing can stop these soldiers by only nuclear weapon. It's terrible. Terrible, my brother and sister. They're ready. And they're making them every day quickly. They want to make sure they have more than a million. So, my brother and sister, this will start any day now. Any day. Verse 8. Neither shall one throw trust one another. My brothers, they shall walk everyone in his own path. And when they shall fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Here's a special soldier in the Bible. Everything is in the Word of God. Remember when Jesus said this to me. Here. Here's in the Bible, the super soldier. Neither shall one trust one another. They shall walk everyone on his path, and when they shall fall upon a sword, they should not be wounded. They shouldn't with bullets, and they can, they can not be stopped. These are the super soldiers in the Bible, my brother and sister. They shall run to and fro in the city, and they shall run upon the wall, and they shall climb upon the house, and they shall enter at the windows like a thief. Yes, they can do this. They are trained exactly to do this. My brother and sister, the super soldier. They can climb wall very quickly because they don't get tired like other men. My brother and sister, as they say they are they should they should walk everyone in his same in his path. You can see the soldier on video online. I was showing someone online the super soldier. They have them online on video. They walk as the Bible says. They should walk everyone in his path. They they look together. They can turn their head together. They can move together. They can look the same way together. That's the machine in them. My brother and sister, it's in the Bible. Everything we need to know about this life and the life to come is in the Bible. My brother and sister, the earth shall shake before them. Heaven shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. 
and the star shall withdraw the shining. My brother and sister. So here the soldier is also the fallen ones, the Nephtalians, evil beings, my brother and sister. The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. This one, the Nephtalians are re released. So they would not only be super soldiers, but they will also be these fallen ones that are wicked. And of course, these fallen ones are the one through um, CERN. Someone was telling me it's particle accelerator, accelerator that they have in the United States, not exactly CERN. Okay, it is CERN in one way, but particle accelerator is what they use to communicate with them that when they turn the magnetic machine around and it goes around in circle, it has to reach what the 1.1, 1.3 million watts and form that force with the magnetic field in order to penetrate the different uh, level, my brother and sister. And then they can speak with them and communicate with them clearly. Scientists are celebrating because they've been able now to transfer things to them and things from them. And they can see into these other dimensions and have like a video in front of them as they see on the other side. It's wicked and it's evil. My brother and sister, they have no idea what they're playing with. No idea. Because once the demons that are locked up by God, since the times of Noah are released, they're going to begin to kill people in the daylight. It's horrible. My brother and sister, I saw this meeting they were having online about CERN. About 10,000 engineers scientists. And this leader of one was speaking to them here in the United States. 10,000 in that meeting. My brother and sister, he was speaking to all of them. And they're celebrating how much they've been able to conquer. It's terrible online. My brother and sister. Verse 11, and the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. There it goes. They do their stuff. They do their evil. God said, now it's my time now. The Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. Not just an army. The Lord just not just have an army. His army is great. His camp is great. The Lord shall utter his boy for before his army. For his camp is very great. For he is strong. Huh. Who, who, who can be as strong as the Lord? No one can. That execute his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide in it? They have no chance. They have no chance. I tell you that right now. I see the army of the Lord. I saw Jesus as the commander-in-chief in heaven. There was thousands upon thousands of them waiting, waiting for his order. The prophet Joel said, for the Lord shall order. He's going to speak to them, my brother and sister, to his army. For his, his, for his camp is very great, for he is strong. That is, excuse his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide in it? Oh, no one can. My brother and sister, I saw when Jesus came at the end of the seven years. 
great tribulation. He came, as Matthew 24 says, with great power and great glory. And I saw when the angel that were before him came, they were as big or bigger than the enemy, my brother and sister. They also came with great power from him. His power frees all these Nephthalians. No matter if they're a thousand feet tall, he froze them in the track. They could not move. They tried to move. They could not. They could not do anything. And his angel proceeded to arrest them. They're going to come under arrest under the Lord again. He arrested them one time and put them away for thousands of years in jail. Now he's going to do it all over again. But this time, he's going to throw them in the lake of fire. And I like the bird with fire and brimstone. And from there, there's no escape. They'll be bound to be judged. They'll be brought before the throne. And then the Lord will call his bride on the throne, white throne judgment. And because we are witnesses, we need to say what we saw. That they gave humanity a tool to destroy themselves. And what tool it was. Will say they put out the virus which they gave to humanity, and after that they gave them a very wicked, evil poison by sin. And we were witness to it. And we will all be called to testify. I told you another day I wanted to be fishing, and the Lord came to me and spoke and said, No, you're going to be there on that day, he says to me. And okay, praise the Lord, I guess we're going to have to be there. We had no choice, my brother and sister. Witnesses must be there. It's a great case that can be brought against them. Why? Because thereby seeing how let many people to die. As someone put up a video today on Facebook of the outcome of the many people that's been vaccinated. And I see people speaking and they fall on the floor shaking like an animal. My brother and sister, after they've been vaccinated. Thinking it was fine after they just got vaccinated. And they flow on the floor shaking as person after person after person they're playing in the, from the different place. The people that are being vaccinated, they fall on the floor shaking like an animal out of control. My brother and sister, all that technology comes out of the Nephthalim. And they are going to have to give an account for it. And their end is the lake of fire, my brother and sister. There's no chance for them to justify the evil they brought upon humanity. Verse 12, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even unto me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. My brother and sister, this is how you turn to God sincerely. This is one thing the Lord has told me, which is in his word here clearly, that when you tell someone when someone comes to you, or when he leads someone to me that wants to learn how to get right with the Lord, to lead them to fasting and repenting, to turn to the Lord with all their heart, my brother and sister. But when I tell someone to fast, and they reject the one to fast, and don't want to do it because they're not sincere. He said, therefore also now, saith the Lord, Says the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, 
And the key that you are sincere is with fasting, with whipping, and with mourning. If you don't do these things to God, you are not sincere. You're just giving lip service, my brother and sister. You have to fast if you're truly repenting. Verse 13, rank your heart and not your garment. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Repent of the evil. I tell you that when, when we gossip, it's evil. When we speak about words, as they call it, it's evil. When we watch something we're not supposed to watch, it's evil. We need to repent of this evil. My brother and sister, and none of it can be justified. Because some people justify, oh, there's nothing wrong with that movie. There's nothing wrong with that show. Nothing wrong with, with you know, uh, with, this, with these people that are laughing and mocking even the Holy Spirit. Like the movies of Maria, my brother and sister, mocking the Holy Spirit. No. No, strongly, the Lord has let me know. He is not pleased with it. My brother, this man should not be mocking the Spirit. And they don't need it, nobody else. They will have to give an account for that. My brother and sister, to God. But they will find themselves, if they don't truly repent, in an awkward position. My brother and sister. Verse 13. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave blessing behind him, even a meat of offering and drink, offering unto the Lord your God. Jacob said, I will not let you go until thou bless me. But Jacob, hold on unto the Lord, a sign that we need to hold on unto our God. Israel needs to hold on to the Lord with all the heart, my brother and sister. Verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Verse 16, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elder, gather the children, those that suck breath, let the bridegroom go forward from his chamber, and the bride out of her retreat, my brother and sister. It's going to happen. 